What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. Before I come across the table and rip Barry's throat out. Kevin Sherrington. I'm going to say to you what you said to me a while ago. Shut up. Barry Horn. I'm going to bring milk and cookies next week. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the Rangers. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Rangers Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Since we're going back and replaying the Opens, um, a couple things. Uh, just for ourselves. Just for ourselves. A couple things stand out to me. One. My voice couldn't be more obnoxious. <laughs> um, and and two, the relax with an X line by Barry. Because we did the ballsy with a Z. Uh, yeah, I know, but it's it's a dad joke. So, <laughs> so when we redo, let's redo the open to your liking. There's the, the open doing redoing the opening to my liking would require me to have a different voice entirely. It would require it to be only you, I think. Well, yeah, no. well, you wouldn't have to do the uh, you wouldn't have to do the uh, the fake announcer's voice. Yeah, that was a really bad choice on my part. It was, it was. But uh, my life is full of those. So let's get to some Rangers talk. <laughs> wow. Let's, Speaking of bad choices, how can I answer questions for you people? All right, I'm going to make a pronouncement right now. I'm going to say the trade for Matt Moore, the worst starter. In baseball last year. Worst qualifying yard. Yeah. Uh, is the official white flag on this season. I, I don't, you know, white flag is surrender. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's, I don't think the Rangers are surrend- have surrendered, but I do think it's, it's the strategy is hope there. Yeah. Um, it's, it's more and, hope than, than. A and hope plan. is not necessarily a strategy. Now, yeah. the evidence to, piss off the i guess the trump administration the evidence based we'd appreciate if you would clean up your theory here the podcast please is um that matt moore kind of perverted his repertoire last year you know and i read about that and you know, and one of the people who who encouraged him to go to the cutter was madison bumgarner well I, and let me just say this that sometimes the best pitchers aren't necessarily the best teachers right I will. I, one thing I think I addressed in my column today is, you know, I, I give Matt Moore some credit. His velocity is no longer ninety four, ninety five. He realizes he has to get guys out in other ways. Okay, I think, you know, you looked at Derek Holland, who saw his velocity drop from a plus velocity for a left hander to very average velocity for a left hander, and the Rangers felt like he was too reticent to make significant changes to his repertoire and that he got hit hard because of it. So if, if that's their criticism, then certainly Matt Moore deserves some uh, credit for trying to be proactive. I think what has happened is that, you know, in, in sports we tend to go from one end of the pendulum to the other end, and, and then you have to swing back towards the middle. And so I think the Rangers' perspective this year is going to be let's try and get him back to – Leading with the fastball, relying on the fastball, getting ahead with the fastball, using that using that curveball, that big curveball, a little bit more, and having the cutter as a weapon, but not making the cutter basically your second pitch. That would be their strategy. Um, 
Could it pay some dividends? Sure. I mean, you're still talking about a guy who's going to be 29 next year. His fastball, his fastball velocity is is certainly average for a left-hander to just to maybe a tick above. Um, that curveball, as we all saw in 2011, and going back to a start that I think left a indelible start, uh, an indelible impression on everybody who watched it. He's got a big curveball. Uh, he's had a hard time coming back from Tommy John because of the lack of velocity, and I think that he's got to he's got to throw more strikes if he can get ahead and stay ahead. Then those other weapons become more significant, and if that happens. Hey, nine million bucks for a start for a serviceable starting pitcher, and not giving up anything in the way of significant prospects is is a, is more is a more than adequate adequate trade. But I just checked off about six boxes, Kevin. Mm. And what's the likelihood of somebody checking off all those boxes in the same Correct. time? Yeah. It's not exciting. No, it, you can't. You couldn't sell a ticket uh, on, on this trade. Uh, no, you, you know, if you were, no, I mean, your best, your, your best, your best advertisement is, hey, remember when Matt Moore right. smothered us? Yeah, right. six years ago. We're hoping that we get that guy back. Yeah. See, because here's the thing. Obviously, when you make a, a simple statement like I did, there's a lot of things that go behind that. Uh, one of them is that I think it's clear now there is no new Jar- Darvish in the Rangers' plans. There is no Arietta in the Rangers' plans. There's not a there's not a, a Lynn or a Cobb in their plans. This is it. If they bring anybody else in for this pitching staff, it's going to be somebody for the the bullpen, and and you know John has John Daniels has been very good at going out and I really think this is he's at his best when he goes out and, and, and signs guys on the cheap and he and he looks for the it's, it's the you know the low risk high upside on some of these guys. Last year he took two pitchers like that, Tyson Ross. And Andrew Kashner, and we said going into the season, if one of those two worked out, then that was a good deal because n- neither one of them they were paying very much money. Correct. And so what happened? Tyson Ross was a disaster. He never could put it back together. Andrew Kashner was very functional, very serviceable. You could make the case he was their most reliable starter. Absolutely. You, you knew yes. who you, what you were going to get with him all year long, but they didn't cost very much money, and they were guys who were kind of filling in. This is a guy. Bring but it, you were filling in with those two guys because you had a legitimate one and two at the yes, top of your rotation. Correct. And this year they do not have that. They don't. And and so to me, uh, it, just as you said, I, I think this team is not bottoming out. Uh, certainly, uh, I, I think that, the, that they're looking this this year as a bridge year. That we're going to have these. We're not going to commit too much money. We're no long term deals. We want a guy who's controllable for for a year or two. That's certainly what Matt Moore is. And maybe he turns out to be. Fine. Maybe they bring him back. Maybe he ends up right. being something. He's not going to be what he what they thought he was. Gonna. He's not going to be seventeen and four. No, uh, he's not going to be that guy. No. You know, he's to me the best you can hope for is that he's Andrew Kashner this year. I think that's, uh, I think yeah. that's the best you can hope for. Yeah, that, that would be a huge payoff. That would be well, well, have, But but the thing is, he's costing you nine million dollars. Well, and Kashner cost you ten last year. So yeah. I mean, but that was a one year deal. It was a one year deal. But this is this basically would come down to ten. If you decide to decline the option on Matt Moore for 2019, I think it's seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That right. So you'd basically be paying nine point seven five. So Cashner Moore uh, would be a complete wash with the possibility of having an extra year of control on Moore. My biggest concern here on the Rangers is and what they've done to this point is. Yeah, they've gotten guys on the cheap, um, but I don't see how they've made any long-term additions to their to their pitching staff. 
Um, they haven't gotten guys who are going to be here uh, and contributing in 2020 when that new stadium opens. Right. And I don't know that you'll be able, even if your your farm system starts to uh, produce and graduate guys to the big leagues, Cole Reagan's isn't going to be ready in 2020. Uh, or if he is, he's going to be, you know, a, kind of a back end of the rotation guy. Uh, the guys that are ahead of him, you know, the same same situation. You're not going to have guys who are established. So you're going to have to go out and get somebody. If Clayton Kershaw opts out in Los Angeles after next year, do, do the Rangers pay $30 million a year to bring Clayton Kershaw home? Maybe. Why Maybe would, that's what they're waiting on. Of course, the bigger question is why would he come here? Why would he come? But, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. You're now – this is – this is, again, why we go back to the cycle of, of a baseball club. And the Rangers built, and they, they built with young talent, young affordable talent. Then they tried to maintain that talent, and they, they tried to maintain that level by adding big-time free agents, by trading away prospects for guys who were already established. That leads to a, a bankrupting or a, or a disintegration of the system. And then you get to a point where your only choices are we're going to keep spending money, and we're going to keep raising the payroll, or we're going to have to be willing to take a step back. There is no magic bullet here, and there is no magic way to both continue long-term success and keep the farm system uh, stocked with talent. It just eventually catches up to you. I think that's what's happened with the Rangers. So what is the best, if I'm a Ranger fan sitting home this Christmas season, and I'm thinking about, well, should I buy season tickets, should I I not buy season tickets for next season— what is the best I can expect? I should expect. I should expect. Um, I, I would let's go back to best that I could expect, and I think the best realistic expectations you could have is that there's still a chance this team could compete for the for the final wild card spot, and then, you know, depending on what happens in Houston, depending what happens in in Los Angeles, you know, maybe something maybe something really falls your way, but realistically. Your best shot, if if things go right, is that you're in the hunt for the second wild card. I think where you could be most optimistic, I think the area you could be most optimistic in is that you've got three young cornerstone position players in Gallo, Mazzara, and Odor. I, think it's, I, I do not think it's unrealistic to think that at least two of those guys will take big steps forward this year. Easy answer would be Odor, who doesn't have to go far to, to take, a, to take step. a step forward. And, and, and Mazzara, who um, really he has, has the best a, idea. What's that? He has the best idea. At the he has the best. He has a he has a very good idea. I just think it's going to be hard for. I think I think Gallo. It's going to be hard for him to up the power, but I think he can certainly up the on base percentage and the batting average. And I will say this: he he showed me a lot this he year. He has, and he's been, and, and I think he over should what play, he was. I think he should play regularly at first base next year. Absolutely. And I think he's going to be an, an an above average first baseman. Yes, I, um, I agree. Uh, that's the area where I would look for the most significant improvement there. I I think you can be optimistic about that. I think there's some hope that the bullpen will, will bounce back and not hope there's some, there's gotta be some, some legitimate belief that there are decent arms in the bullpen and that that will bounce back. My question still comes back to this. What makes you think that this starting rotation is going to be any better than what the Rangers ran out there in 2016, in 2017, which was, for lack of a better term, an unmitigated disaster. Yeah, I just to me, and the reason, as as I said, I, I want to kind of amplify why I call this a white flag is is to me, 
you know, there was a lot of talk in the winter meetings about what the Rangers were in on. You know, the, for some reason, the Rangers... They were on everybody. The, the, the rumors were that. out there about everybody that they were supposedly after, from Marcelo Zuna to... Uh, they were never really in on Marcelo Zach Granke. You know, and, 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 that's, and, and the Granke thing, I mean, the Rangers made... And who knows, maybe the Granke thing still at some point in time gets legs again, but they've invest, investigated Granke all winter, and I think their hope is still, well, we'll give you some salary relief and that's something you're looking for, but you take on Chu. And and Chu does not fit for the Diamondbacks. Right. Now, if the Diamondbacks lose J.D. Martinez to Boston, which is a very legitimate possibility, maybe that changes the D-backs' perspective. I do think it. it I do think it's important to just once again underscore, because on Twitter it, it seems like everybody thinks if you don't do something at the winter meetings, then your offseason is done. There's still nearly two months before the first workout. And so the offseason is still relatively young. Um, there are things that can still happen. And as certain dominoes fall, there are going to be other reactions. But as we sit here, my big concern is how is this starting pitching staff going to be better than it was last year? That'd yeah. be hard. I, I just don't, you know, because uh, Cole Hamill's uh, look is just trending the wrong direction. You know, I think the innings are catching up with him. And uh, and to think that he's uh, he's certainly not a one anymore, he he, he may not be a two anymore, uh, and and he's your best pitcher by far, I think. You know, unless Martin Perez is really ready to take a, another step up, I do th- I, I do think you know, and I think we should add if we're if we're if we're going to be honest here, you know, Gallo's twenty four, going to be twenty five, I think next year. Yeah, Mazar is going to be twenty three next year. Odor is going to be twenty four. Perez, I believe, is going to be twenty seven next April. Uh, and he has made significant strides in terms of innings over the past two years. Uh, if he's a, if he again is a hundred and ninety to one hundred and ninety five inning guy in this in this era, uh, that's that's more than adequate. That 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 that's a solid middle of the rotation pitcher. Right. But that's a but but Matt and he Moore finished gave strong. He but, finished but strong. He did. But but Matt Moore gave it what 194 innings last year. 174. Was it 174? Yeah, I thought it was more than that. Yeah. Uh, but at any rate, that was a lot. That was a lot. Of, yeah. Listen, I I get what you're saying with Martin Perez. I, I mean, I, I all I'm saying is I think that on Martin Perez, if you're talking about hope for the rotation, I think the the best place for uh, evidence based hope is the way Martin Perez finished. The, his age and the fact that he has had back-to-back years with innings, you don't have a whole lot to say that Cole Hamels is going to be uh, dominant again. No, you don't have a lot that says Matt Moore is going to be dominant again. No. You're hoping that Doug Fister simply is a a guy, right. you know, for the rotation. And now you're also asking Mike Miner uh, or Matt Bush to step into a role that they haven't done. So yeah. you, so what you're saying is they have a three, four, five. The, where's the one and two? Three, four, five, 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 five. five, yeah. five. Yeah. Where's the Where's the one and two? Right. Which is well, and, and and here's the thing too about and and I hate to you know, I keep beating this drum, but five or six years ago, if you if this was what you thought you were getting out of Martin Perez, you would have thought, oh shoot, because. Right. They were thinking this guy. This guy was the best hope of the organization as a prospect, as a pitcher. They still have not found that pitcher, and and that's and and going forward, uh, as you talked about when the when the uh, when the new uh, stadium opens, I'm thinking that Cole Hamels will be long gone. Uh, oh yeah. And, and so at that point, who's fronting the ro- who's fronting the rotation? Yeah, and and, and I, the Rangers feel like. And it's easy for clubs to always point to guys at, at Class A um, that have stuff and 
they're still kind of overpowering more organizational guys. Uh, but the Rangers feel like they've got another level of young pitching talent that's bubbling up through from Class A. And, and the list includes Michael Machuelo, who I think they'd like to see a big step forward from this year after he finally proved he was healthy last year. Joe Palumbo, who will be back from Tommy John surgery. Uh, Cole Reagans, we mentioned. Um, uh, Kyle Cody made a big step this year. Jonathan Hernandez made a big step this year. I'm clearly leaving a couple other guys out, but they feel like there is. Brett Martin took a step back this year, but that's a guy with, with big-time talent. Uh, they feel like there is talent there. That's all well and good. The problem for the Rangers has been if you leveled a criticism at John Daniels over his 10 years, it will be that they have not developed enough of their own starting pitching. Some of it has been used as currency in trades, and that's important. But the Rangers have not graduated enough guys to their rotation. And pit starting pitching is so current, so dollar and cents valuable that without it, you're in the situation that you are now. You're either having to pay big, big-time dollars for a free agent, knowing that you're probably paying more for the past than for the future, right. or you're having to hope that you catch lightning in a bottle with multiple guys. Yeah, You know, you may catch lightning in a bottle with one guy. They did it with Cashner last year. If they had done it with Cashner and Ross, they might have made the playoffs. But Tyson Ross was was awful. Right. And I don't think you can count on but that's a percentage. doing that with that's, three guys. That, that's yeah. a percentage. You're playing that you percentage. Same thing, same thing. I just ticked off seven <laughs> minor league prospects, in minor league pitching prospects. If two of those guys get to the big leagues and are real significant starters, you've done well. Yeah. Most of those guys are going to fail. Oh, well, here's the way I think that to look at all this. I think five years from now, we'll look back on this season. If we look back on it at all, 2018, it will be that, they took a step back. They let they let their young guys develop. They didn't rush them. They went to this new thing where they got them to emphasize throwing their fastball. That was a big that was a big emphasis starting with last year. We wrote about that the yeah. emphasis on fastball and fastball command because it is still the best pitch in baseball. I'm sorry. And no, and and that and that was and that's what they were trying to do. And meanwhile, they were just bringing in guys like Matt Moore to kind of patch things until they could get to that point and and not rush these guys because if, if there's one thing that's been you know we, we, we talk about John Daniels you obviously go back to the history of this franchise since 1972 the two best pitchers that they've ever uh, produced were Kenny Rogers and Kevin, Kevin Brown, Brown. Right. and, and that you, I could have written that 25 years ago and they didn't win with either one of those guys on the roster they did not yeah. and so but one of the things that was a hallmark of those teams back in the 80s back when I was doing baseball uh, the good old days. The good old days was that they rushed them, right? You know, and and they and they so a lot of those guys got hurt. That was a big, and that was a big part of. And I know where you're going with that, but that was also a big part of this year's, this past year's philosophy was two things: fastball command. We're going to slow the process down a little bit too. Yeah. So Evan, what you're saying is will will appeal to the hardcore Ranger fan. You know the. the the died in the wool range fans. Everybody, guys, get up in the morning to check the what's going on in Class A, Class. Uh, I, I don't know what. I, 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 but there's, but there, but but you've given no hope to to the general fan, the casual fan casual who fan. roots who, who who roots for a team only when they win. They're yes. important. There's no doubt they're important. They're all important. But I, I think that you're going to take a step back with some of those fans because 
you're not going to have a product that runs out there that unless an awful lot of things go right is going to have the same kind of electric gear that fans have gotten a little bit uh, entitled in, in, or custom, accustomed to uh, over the last decade. Uh, and you're going to have to take a step back. What I do, what I will say is this, you know, I hear from a lot, a lot of fans now that, oh, blow it all up, tank, yeah, that's a bad rebuild. Idea. It happened with the Astros, okay? And the Astros won a world championship. It was a four-year process from going from a world champion to a very middling team, and then another four years of we're tanking and we're going to restock. Yeah, that's abysmal. And with all of that, the one of the number one picks that they took, in the number one pick overall was Mark Appel, who was a complete washout, uh, and went undrafted in the Rule 5 draft this past this, this past week. So I would caution fans to not jump on this, let's tank, let's tank, let's tank. This is not basketball. There, right. There's, there's not a whole one lot, guy out there no. who can come in next year and change everything. Even with basketball, there's a whole lot less evidence that uh, tanking – well, in basketball, one guy can make a difference. Sure. One player can make a difference. Sure. Baseball, not going to happen. Right. No. And, and there's, there's not a whole lot of evidence to say – this is a proven way to go because you're still talking about humans. You're still talking about having to restock a system with 40 draft picks a year, okay? And you're hoping that maybe three of those, four of those guys end up being contributors at the big league level somewhere down the road. It's not a science. And uh, tanking, I think tanking does some long-term damage to your fan base. Yeah. Uh, it does get made up if you win a world championship, but only one team wins a world championship. Every how, year. how many years did the Astros lose 100 games? Uh, I think it was four, three or four straight. Yeah, yeah it was abysmal. And, and, and here's what I'd say about that. And you're absolutely right. There's no guarantee if you tank, you're going to end up with the right players. Teams, no. it's just it's just harder drafting in baseball than it is in anything other than hockey. You know, um, so uh, that's that's going to be too difficult. I think the the thing for me uh, that's going to be a really problematic though for Rangers fans is that the Astros are just going to still be great, and and that's going to be hard to take. This is the, it's finally come to fruition. Everything that we said all along that if the Rangers are going to win, they better win right. two years ago. You better win then because the, the Astros are coming and they're not going anywhere. Astros and, lost 106 or more games three consecutive three years. That was brutal. Um, and, but then also now, to add to that, the Astros, now you have the Angels. Correct. Because Artie Moreno was wasting away the best years of Mike Trout's career, which was just a sin to me. I, I mean, to me, that's one of those things where the commissioner should have stepped in, Artie Moreno, and said, you have to do something about this. He's the best player in the game and no one's seeing him in the postseason. You know, he's, he's been in one postseason in his career so far. And, and so now they've gone out and they got uh, Otani, uh, and they and they signed Justin Upton to a contract, which was another good move for them. They, they added Ian Kinsler, our old pal, uh, to play second base. I don't think he'll be great, but he'll be very serviceable, very solid for them at second base. I still think they need another pitcher. I still think they should, should sign you Darvish. If they sign you Darvish, then they're going to push the Astros. Uh, I, I think that they could really give the Astros uh, a, a run for their money. Uh, so I think that that is something they need to do. But, you know, then you, you throw in the Mariners, who are better than the, than the Rangers are, uh, and I think there's a possibility that Oakland could be. I, I, I think the Rangers could finish last in the division. Um, I, I would not dismiss any of those possibilities. I think that Seattle – 
you look at Seattle on paper, and the Mariners do have, uh, for me, they have better pitching right now, um, and that's a big difference. Uh the Angels obviously have remade their their entire roster, as you just mentioned. We and we, we didn't include Zach Cosart, who will play third All base right. for them. Correct. Um, Oakland does have a young team with some intriguing young pitchers, and, and so I, you know, I, I think a lot of stuff has got to go right for the Rangers to not finish in the lower half of that division this year. But the bottom line is, if you take a step back this year and you start moving forward in nineteen and twenty. You were in a playoff hunt in 2017. Um, you take one year in which you're not competitive, and then you are competitive again. That's the minimal amount of time in a in a I, regrowing. I, sure, I'd say you're being very generous. Uh, I know they were in a playoff hunt. They were in a playoff hunt for a, a, a wild card. Uh, there wasn't a lot of enthusiasm. No, out, there wasn't. Outside. But I, I and I know we're being really positive and really really happy happy talk. But our producer Brian says we have to get out of here. He said we had 10 minutes. He said we had 10 minutes. He did? He held up 10 fingers. That means 10 minutes. Oh. You know, I wish before you said Brian, do we have to be out of here? In eight minutes. He just said that. Something else has to happen in this room. That's all. You don't have to leave. From now on, from now on, before you're going to say something, look at me and I'll tell you if you can say that or not. Okay. Yes, sir. Unbelievable. where were we, Kevin? Yeah, before he just threw a, a screeching break in that. Well, uh, well the, the talk was so positive, I was... Uh, I don't know that the talk was positive at all. I mean, I think that the, the, the bottom line is, I don't know that anybody... Are you being serious? I thought you were being facetious. I was being part. facetious. Because right, okay. here's the thing for me with the Rangers. I, I, you know, No general manager, no manager is going to throw out there, all right, listen, we're not going to be very good this year. Right. You just bear with us. But I think, I think this is John Daniels' way of saying... I thought the quote was very telling the other day when he said... Uh, I believe I've been pretty consistent all along on saying that we're not going to get into the top end of the market right. with these pitchers. And and that to me just finally it just clicked in my head. Yeah, he's absolutely right. He's not. I, I guess I was being a little bit bamboozled by all the talk from the winter meetings and they were the fact they were in so many rumors. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Of, you know, there's there's there are reasons why rumors come out. Agents, one, and two, clubs trying to to, to throw manipulate some smoke the market. There, manipulate the market, do that. Where were all these rumors coming from? Um, uh, well, I, I, I think again, I think it's it's a melange of things. Um, melange, I like that. Uh, I like that, especially that kind of Jello melange. Um, but it, it, you know, it, it sounds like, particularly on the Granky thing, that maybe that was either again, it's either the Diamondbacks basically saying. We're looking for a better deal than Cinchy Chu, or it's the Rangers, you know, trying to float some hope out there. Um, I, and on Darvish, and on on the top end of the market, I think Daniels has been has been very consistent that we're not going to play at the very top tier of, of the free agent market. I think there's been some thought that Darvish's value would drop a little bit, and that the Rangers that he would be the one exception to which the Rangers would be willing to make some have some flexibility. I don't think they had any interest in Arietta. They like Arietta. He's a good pitcher. He's going to get $25 million a year, and they were never going to go there, um, not for a guy who's 32. I think that they had some interest in Lynn and Cobb, but also believe that those contracts were maybe in the 15 to $16 million range and are probably now going to be closer to the 17 to $18 million range, and that does kind of take them out here. You know, the, the, where Darvish is the one exception is 
Darvish lives here. Uh, he's pitched here. Um, he's got some familiarity. And if you're willing to make an exception, you want it to be for a guy who might say yes. Right. Darvish might say yes. And I wouldn't have had a problem with them bringing Darvish back. I Listen, I, I think – I think that two things. I think if you're talking about remaking the pitching staff and I think if you're talking about doing things differently than you've done in the past, then you go the six-man route because you don't have anything to lose this year. Right. Try it. Yeah, Run absolutely. It out. See if it has more benefits. Stick to it all year. And Darvish would be the perfect guy for that. Okay, He would fit well in that. I think he could be something of a leader in that in that regard. Um so those were the those were two reasons for me to pursue Darvish. But I look if the Cubs are flying down here and they're meeting with you for three hours, uh, I think it's 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 very clear that they are significantly interested in him, and I think that's going to probably drive the market past where the Rangers would be willing to step out. So where will he where will he end up? I, I think the Twins are ser- are seriously interested in him, and I think they have done everything they can to put their best foot forward. Um, but I think if the if the Cubs come and he's got a chance to pitch in the National League, um, and and he's got a chance to pitch for a team that that has been to three consecutive NLCSs and has won a World Series, um, I think that's where I think that's where he'll probably feel he fits best. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a good guess to me. I really don't see him going to Minnesota. I um... I. I I don't think that that would be his first choice. I think if it had been, the Twins have been very, you know, aggressive with him and have 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 spoken to him, but nothing's happened. What do you think so, the terms would be? 5 years? On on Darvish, I think you're you're looking at either four guaranteed with a vesting option or 5 years, yeah. And I think I, I think if somebody locked in a fifth year at more than $20 million, they probably lock him up pretty So quickly. then he would be 35 coming out of that? Correct. Yeah. So, and that's, that, this is his last contract. Last big contract. Last big contract. Yeah. yeah right. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think it'll be a big deal. I think he'll get 25 a year. Uh, and so we're, you're talking 125 million probably. Uh, and see, I, I, yeah, I would, and I think the Rangers best offer to him would have been somewhere, Maybe they would have pushed to about eighty-five million guaranteed for four years, with the possibility of it going to a hundred and five mm-hmm. over five. Yeah. Um, and if he's if, if 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 he's got the chance to make twenty-five million dollars a year, he's just not going with a team that's got a better chance to win. No, I agree. Well, here here's here's my th- deal about Darvish, and and I you know the I understand fans' frustrations with Darvish. I'm frustrated watching him at times as well, and then certainly in the World Series, he. You could say he cost the Dodgers the World Series. You could uh, say that. But uh, I will say this. Fans, you know, you're always – you never know what you've got until it's gone. And when uh, this organization tries to come up with – and people argue with me all the time. Oh, he's not an ace. He's not an ace. He's not an ace. Well, he is on this club. He's he is uh, he may not be your definition of an ace. He's not – no, he's not Clayton Kershaw. You know, he's right. not Madison Bumgarner. But – He's pretty dang good, and he's certainly the best pitcher on this club. What I've gotten from from the general fans is that they expect an ace to never lose. Yeah, but essentially, you're right, absolutely. Um, and to me, that the point is, it's not that it's not that he's not Clayton Kershaw or he's not one of the, these other guys. The question is, he's the, he is unquestionably the best pitcher on this team, and who is going to take that role? 
who is the next best pitcher on this team? You know, especially when Cole Hamels is gone, who is the who's going to be your best pitcher? Right. And and then that's to me when people will look back and say, oh. And so that that comes back to this: unless you go out and get Kershaw after next year, which I think that is pie in the sky. Oh, of course it's pie in the sky. Could it happen? Sure, it could happen. Could Otani have happened? It could have happened. It yeah. didn't. No. But unless you go out and get Clayton Kershaw, who's fronting this rotation in 2019? What is what is that noise? Is that Brian? Is that Brian telling us that the clock's the clock's ticking? That's what that is. That was Brian, and he's very clever, isn't he? He is a funny, funny man. Funny. I'll tell you, he's funny. He is. All right, well, Brian. I think he's still mad at me because I shoot him out of here to go get us started. And then he, I, I said, go in the other room and let's get started. You gave him the tiger shoe. I know, And now, but now we're running out of time. We are. We're out of time now. I but showed not, up on time. Yes, he did show up on time. <laughs> he's very bitter about that. Too. Let, me, let me just say this, that traffic from Flower Mound in the rain is – not good. Not good at all. <laughs> no, not a good not. thing. You need to come back and live in civilization. But I did, I will say this, that I will leave you with my, my Sunday um, that did not involve watching the Cowboys very closely. Uh, but wow. I did, I did fulfill. Make latkes. I did fulfill the Hanukkah <laughs> tradition of making potato latkes. Those looked really good, by they the way. They did actually come out very good. Um, and then me and the stepson, me and the stepson, my stepson and I, yeah, whatever. We went to go see Star Wars together. Y'all saw it? Yeah. Where'd you see it? Uh, in Highland Village. Um, uh, was there a long line? No, we went to the late show. We went at 1030 on Sunday oh, night. Oh, that's fun. And uh, there were, you know, 15 people in there. And really? When I get to do something like that with my stepson, it's... Um, that's fun. It's a pretty special week. That so. is fun. So let me ask you this. Did you like it? I did. I did. I don't want to get into any spoilers. No, anything, no, no. So. Don't spoil it for us. Um, but I, 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 there's not a whole lot. And I'm not I'm not a big science fiction guy, blah, 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 blah. Still, I, I know how excited it gets him. And I grew up with the first three movies. Uh, so there's some there's some special feelings there. And it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. I got all the families in for the holidays for me. Barry, how about you? I saw the Three Billboards movie. Yeah, that's Did good. Did you, you like it? I loved it. I, I thought it was terrific. I loved and it. Yeah. we had a big party on Saturday night. Where everybody came over. Kevin, I think you enjoyed yourself a lot. Uh, <laughs> most of the staff was there. Uh, Evan, sorry, sorry you couldn't make it. He's uh, lying. Did you go over there? There was no party. No, we did have a party. It was, I didn't get it was, an invite. It was fam- family only. We had, we had a nice party. I was out the door banging on the door. They would not let and, me out. And it's been it's been a great part of the year. Now my family's some are going off to New York to visit to visit relatives there. I'll be home alone, oh. all by myself. And you know what? I kind of like it. Yes. You, you know, Barry is going to be the kind of he'll he'll be calling his children when he's very old and saying, "Don't worry, I'll just sit here alone." <laughs> That's a lie because I already do that. I already do that. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. So, is this our last podcast of the year? Are we going to be doing one next week? I'm I'm out of I'm out of town. I'm out of town. I guess this is our last podcast of the year. Our last podcast of 2017. We will be back in 2018 with some really, really big innovations, rip roaring stuff. It'd I can't hardly wait to see what they are. I know. Me neither. Me either. Yeah. What are so, they? I don't know. <laughs> Jose, right, can you tell us? 
Jose, Jose, who's our executive producer, Jose Rodriguez. Jose, Jose's who, here to report back to to the sports. Who's not even what, listening what, to what, us? What we do? <laughs> who's not even? What do, they, listening? what do they do for three hours every day, oh every uh, Tuesday? All right. Well, it, it is time to go, and it's time to sign off. It's been a pleasure, guys. Uh, happy holidays and happy new year. We will talk to everybody on the other side of 2018. Bye, everybody. From the other side. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya. Mm-hmm.